And you're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. That was the gossip. What was the song? What was the song? Heavy Cross. Heavy Cross to Bear. Yes. Yes. I'm going to get <laughs> closer to the mic. Uh, my guest this week, I didn't even ask to pronounce your last name. Sarah Levitt? Levitt. Levitt. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, your new book is Tangles from what is the publisher freehand books is that a vancouver based publisher or is it no they're in calgary actually they're a division of broadview press which is a larger press and then freehand has had i think they've had three or four seasons okay of um yeah like doing spring and fall launches Mm -hmm. but they're new to the game 
They are. It's their first graphic narrative. Well, they hadn't. They published actually this really great book in the spring. That's um, a collaboration between two brothers. It's called Bitter Medicine, and it's by Clem and Olivier Martini. And did I get their names right? Yeah. And there are two brothers, and um, one of them wrote and one of them drew. And it's yeah, it's really great. Excellent. I like. I like comics. Really. <laughs> 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 and now it's time when I say the obvious. So maybe I kind of I made a big list of kind of random smattering of notes um, reading the book. Uh, it's very it's it's a tough book from to read because it seems so honest and raw in a way. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. So I'm assuming it's probably about twenty times as hard to make it. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a long process. I um, I started well. Maybe I'll just say yeah, a, but what, what, the, about? what the book's about. It's um, it's about my mom and me. That so the subtitle is a story about Alzheimer's, my mother and me, and my mom got Alzheimer's when she was in her early fifties, and um, she was very sick. She was probably showing signs for about eight years, but she was very sick for six years, and she died in two thousand four. So. I started writing about it while she was alive and drawing pictures and filling notebooks and sketchbooks and little scraps of paper that I carried around with me. And, um, and then, so, but it, from the time of like really deciding I was going to do a graphic memoir, it was probably about four years of working on it. So yeah, I mean, it was hard. Um, it wasn't pure hell 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but there were periods of pure hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this your first real kind of creative endeavor of this uh, volume of this magnitude? Yeah, it's my first book. Okay. First book, so. Now, what what have you done in the past before doing mm. this work? Um, I'm most famous for my fridge magnets. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I've been doing, uh, for a few years, I've been doing zines and, um, I don't know if I'd call them zines really like more like chat books, like little, um, books. Um, I have a couple small dog romances, which are, um, use quotations from Harlequins to build little stories about small dogs. <laughs> And I have uh, other shorter stories that I've just photocopied and, and put together. And then um, I did do this series of car of comics that were um, small dog haikus and another one called Why Editors Have No Friends. And I made those into fridge magnets. And those are the things that people usually buy at Word Under the Street. But which you'll be at next Sunday be, yes, on the 26th mm -hmm. of September mm -hmm. at the Vancouver Library. Main branch downtown. In the basement. In the, the basement. Shutaways or Yeah. Yeah. So um I've and I've done some comics that have been published in magazines, but this is definitely like I've I've this is my what did you call it? My largest creative endeavor. I don't know if that's what I said, but that sounds good. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um when did you decide that you wanted to do this as a book? Um, well I Partly, when my mom got sick, I really wanted... There were so many things about it that were really hard and also interesting. It's... Which I always feel kind of heartless when I say that, but um, there's... Alzheimer's affects people in really strange ways. And it was... 
I wanted to keep track of all of it. And I personally have a really bad memory. So, which is kind of ironic. And my mom always had a very good memory until she got Alzheimer's. So I was like, if I don't write these things down, I'm basically going to forget them. Partly because I have a bad memory anyway. And also because this is so traumatic. So I started writing about it and I did different versions of it. Like I was taking different writing classes. I wrote some poetry about it. I wrote um, some prose pieces. And I guess, I, I think it was like in 2004, before she died, I did this comic for Geist magazine um, that was just um, a series of drawings of people saying things to me that people said to me when they found out that my mom had Alzheimer's and like dumb things basically. And so I, I published that and then, um, I, then I started doing the, the masters at UBC in creative writing and I wanted to do a nonfiction memoir, mm -hmm. but all the ways I tried to write in prose never felt really exactly right. And when I had been taking notes during my mom's illness, she died partway through my MFA. And when I was taking notes, I was also sketching because I do that anyway. And then also because it helps me remember what happened and where she was sitting and what she was doing. And, um, so I collected all those things and I did a kind of a stapled color photocopied version. And I actually, it was one of my, one of my writing teachers, Stephen Osborne, who teaches at SFU and, um, is the publisher of Geist. And he, he looked at the, at the little photocopied thing and he was like, well, kid, I think you found your medium. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm 30, but okay. And, but yeah, I don't know. He always calls people kid. I don't know why, but that's okay. But when he said that, I was kind of like, oh shit, because I don't. That's that takes a long time to draw all those pictures. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I kind of had this like, <laughs> I kind of had this little, you know, temper tantrum about it with myself, and then I was like, well, whatever. I guess I have to do it. And you know, I did. You know, as you know, it's like it's you do eight million versions. You think that you've got something really good, and then you look at it a while later and you realize it sucks. Um, or you show it to somebody else and they're like, I don't really understand. Like, how come that character's doing that right now? And it's like, well, aren't you reading my mind? Can't you tell why that character did that? Don't worry. Didn't you read my diary? So yeah. So you know, there, were, there were lots of revisions. I don't even remember what the beginning question was, but there were lots of revisions. And then, you know, once I sold it, there were, well, first, once I got an agent, then I did revisions. And then once I sold it, I had to do another series of revisions. So yeah. A lot of process. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of like uh, it. You can, I can kind of feel like hearing you talk about the kind of fragments that you pull together to put together. I kind of get that feeling from reading the book where it's not necessarily like a straight linear narrative. It is, but you kind of also have those moments of just, I can't even think of the right word. A certain je ne sais quoi. Uh, oh, <laughs> I tried to put in a certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah. Uh, those, like, it, it's just, a, like I guess, a removal and kind of moments of insight while you're caught up in that. Is that kind of yeah. accurate for the time? Like, Yeah, I mean, one of the things about my relationship with my mom was that I was living in Vancouver and she was living in New Brunswick. So... Um, I visited at least twice a year and I would stay for, you know, a few weeks or a month. So I had this kind of, um, I guess the, the ways that I saw her and her illness progress were in intervals. And so that was part of it. And also there were just these moments that would happen during her illness where 
her, she lost some more language or she lost the ability to do something or she acted in these certain ways that were just, um, that was part of what using the graphic form allowed me to do was, was be, uh, more than kind of a very traditional structured narrative. It's, you know, it's these more, more flashes, I guess, of, of things that happened. And it allowed me to also go back and insert some things from my childhood. And uh, yeah. Well, it's interesting because you can use, um, I, I like how you will sometimes just do a full page just, you know, with just a little bit on it, it kind of, yeah, goes with that moment of clarity or just kind of how you need to stop for a second and look back respond to it I guess yeah 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 it's a it's a very strange um existence to spend time with somebody who you know very well who's kind of losing their mind while you watch and it's you know somehow comics seem like the best <laughs> way to be able to express that yeah you know? I find it fascinating in that um it's so contrary, like what what your mother went through is really contrary to who she was. I mean, your family educated, education's very important, mm -hmm. communication's very important, and that must one of the harder parts is that loss of communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my mom was a very outspoken. Um, I don't want to call her vivacious. That sounds too, but she was, she was scrappy and she was um you know she loved language and she it was very important to her and for her to lose her ability to speak and, and her ability to understand um was devastating for her and it, yeah it, it was it was devastating for all of us and that's that's one of the things about about alzheimer's is there's just these little things that get pulled away from you and 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 you lose parts of who you are. You do, I mean, people retain parts of who they are too, but um, that's the cruelty of Alzheimer's, I think, is that slow slipping away. I think we're gonna do a quick song break. Um, what, are we, what am I gonna play? I'm gonna play Ooh La La by Goldfrapp. Almost, I don't know if it's apropos right now. I don't know either, but you know, just play it. <laughs> and this thing's playing sweet. Okay, we'll be right back. Ink Studs, CITR 101.9 FM, and I'm talking to Sarah Levitt about tangles. Thank you. 
Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. People got to put the settings back right on that CD player. I get annoyed. Um, I'm just going to put this in a different one. We were just chatting about autobiography, memoir, um, comics during the break. Maybe we'll talk some more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you read a lot of comics before working on this? Yeah. Um, it's kind of all I want to read now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Should I, should I tell you about the ones that I love? Is that... Well, you can, yeah, I mean, tell the ones you love, ones that have influenced, ones mm-hmm. that have, like, really spoken to what you're doing, whatever you want to say. Okay. <laughs> well, my favorite book is called Cancer Made Me a Shallower Person, and I don't know if you know that book. I actually brought it with me because I'm, like, I don't know. I brought it with me because I feel like all these, everybody should read it, but um, it's a book by a, an author or artist and writer named Miriam Engelberg and she's she's dead but she um wrote this great book it's like a series of kind of one one page mostly one page comics that um make up this narrative about what happened to her when she got diagnosed with breast cancer and she basically said you know I felt like I was supposed to become this noble, courageous person after I was diagnosed with a deadly disease, but instead, you know, I'm t- tuning into the next game show or trying to think of this, you know, the right word for a crossword puzzle. And it's just full of this dark, sarcastic, bitter humor and about all the people she encounters who are kind of like, you know, I got breast cancer and it made me a better person and helped me figure out the truth and beauty in life. And she's just like, to hell with that. I feel like shit. And this is a horrible disease. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was, I don't, I don't know if I needed to talk about it for that long, but that she, That's okay. <laughs> one thing I love about her is that her drawing style is almost childlike. It's a very, very basic. She's definitely not a trained, um, artist and yet her stuff is so powerful and it's so perfect. And it, anyway, so there was her and then there was Brian Feiss who, um, wrote mom's cancer and I read that book, and um, when I was trying to sell my book, I actually wrote to him, and I was like, you know, what was it like doing this memoir about um, your mom dying, and how did you sell it? And he wrote back to me, and we've developed this really sweet correspondence. He is like one of those people who's done really, really well, and is just super generous and kind and friendly and supportive of other artists, and... um. That's what you want to yeah. hear. Yeah, so I just I had to say that. I'm just like, I didn't think he would write back to me, but he did. And um, so there were those. And then um, definitely Persepolis is a big favorite of mine. And I love Kim Deitch, who's, who you've had on the show. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I could probably go on forever. I, I think also, like, um, do you know Deanne DeMassa? She did this... Uh, strip called Hothead Paisan, Homicidal Lesbian Terrorist. I know the name. I have not read <laughs> okay. it. She, I just um, haven't come across well, it. <laughs> she also did recently um, illustrated a graphic memoir by Daphne Gottlieb called Jokes in the Unconscious. Anyway, um, Deanne DeMassa did these great, um, well, comic strips about a homicidal lesbian terrorist, and uh, they were important to me in the 90s, as well as Alison and Bechdel's um, Dykes to Watch Out For. And uh, but I think the thing about Deanne DeMassa and also Roberta Gregory was just, and especially her bitchy bitch stuff, is just that um, that kind of almost, I don't I hate the word crude, but it's not a, you know, super realistic, superhero, whatever style. It's visceral. 
visceral. That's awesome. I love that. And Aileen <laughs> Kaminsky, um, Robert Crumb's partner, like she. So I like all those. Um, I think what draws me is really intense personal narrative, and uh, drawings that are pared down. Um, and for my own style, is not. I mean. I'm not good at drawing realistic muscles and stuff. My <laughs> um, guess is what, I don't know, whatever you want to call my style is simpler or whatever. That's that's what I'm really attracted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are some of my favorites. And it's it, it's informed you in creating your own work? Yes, I, I would say yes. Um, oh, and oh my God, I didn't even mention Linda Berry. Um, <laughs> Who we should mention you are going to be doing a talk with on October 22nd as part of the Vancouver's Writers Festival. Mm-hmm. No yeah. pressure. Yeah, oh my God. Um, well, it was funny because my publisher said, okay, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to be at the Writers Festival and they're planning this event and they're trying to get Linda Berry. And I'm like, I can't handle it. It's too too scary. Um, but, of course, it's thrilling. Um, and then we didn't hear for a really long time whether it was finalized. And then, um, yeah, when we heard, I was, I was very, very excited. I think the book was concerned about whether or not it would be out on time. Oh, really? Book. But I think it's coming out. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think I tried to order it, and it's not ready yet. Linda Berry has a new book. That's so exciting. She has a new book every year. She's so great. I just read Cruddy, which is a novel that she wrote that just has a few um, images in it, but it's not. It's just a yeah. prose novel. Have you read it? Oh, my God. It's like being kicked in the face. <laughs> it is, it's like this amazing book, um, but it's very it's very brutal. And, yeah, so I would say that, that all those... All those things informed. Uh, I think you, you said you found my book really raw, and that's what I want. I mm-hmm. want it to just be like, you know what? This is what happened. There's no kind of coding or politeness to put on it, and uh, deal with it. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Here you go. <laughs> but, but I would say that I aspire to yeah. be like those women. I'm curious about the catharsis of mm. the book, and that strikes me as a really important part as, as far as for yourself creating it yeah it's funny because i don't know about catharsis um you know is it catharsis or is it like constantly picking and reopening a wound (laughs) that could have been closed (laughs) after my mom died i don't know but um i i think that some of some catharsis, so like catharsis as in you know getting to express stuff yeah. and and get rid of it. Uh, definitely writing and drawing were this huge, huge support for me while she was sick and and alive, and also afterwards, um, which sucked as well. Um, after she had died, and I'm kind of in that you know um, if you've had somebody close to you die, you're you're in this sort of um, I was just talking to somebody who described it as like that period of time becomes like this little box yeah. that's separated from the rest of your life and you can go back and open it and almost, what did she say? It was so poetic. Um, you can, you can almost smell it that time, but you know, it's like blocked off yeah. from the rest of your life. So, so if I hadn't been able to write and draw little pictures, I would have gone insane. So, um, 
So there's a cathar- <laughs> there's a part that's catharsis as far as the preliminary development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and I think um, it's like catharsis, but it's also um, it's it's like this uh, fighting back against the disease and. And it's like, okay, you're going to take this person from me. Well, I'm going to write down this that she said and this that she said, and I'm going to draw a picture of her like this, and I'm going to hang on to those things. And you can't have those things. You know, this is me talking to Alzheimer's, <laughs> and it's not listening. But, um, yeah, it, it was just, it was a way for me to somehow keep her uh, for longer. So um, it's going to be weird to kind of um, put this out in the world and then, you know, once kind of that dies down, then, then what? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like, will I feel more resolved about my mom's death? I don't know. I I don't know. Well, it's going to be interesting how the work is engaged, I guess. Um, One thing we're talking about, I was, during the break, I was noticing just how um, you respond to it. It's real. There's no sugarcoating in a way, but it's also something you can respond to yourself and kind of be able to see experiences in it. Did that make sense? Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, yeah, you're saying you can relate to the book, which yes. makes me very happy. It makes me warm and happy inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess a little bit more within the grieving process I found interesting is um, how you grew up very secular mm-hmm. and you kind of part of that process was kind of going to your cultural heritage mm-hmm. um, and tell me the role that that played for you. And is that something that's still a conscious part of your life? Hmm. Um, no. <laughs> uh, well, yes and no. Um, yeah. So, so soon after my mom got sick, I started going to synagogue and I can't even express how important that was to me. It was, Huge, and I mean that's such a cliche, right? Like you, you don't, you're not interested in religion until somebody starts dying. But I mean, that's what it's. Somebody said this to me, right? That's what it's there for. <laughs> um, no, it was it was really important. My mom was always very fierce about the fact that we were Jewish and that that was really important. But she really rejected um, the idea of of religion, and she was basically basically an atheist. And um, although, as I say in the book, she would invoke God when it suited her like you know if if um I did something that she didn't like and like I think in the book I I like push my sister or something and then and make her cry but then something bad happens to me and my mom's like good you know that's God punishing you and it's like wait I thought you didn't believe in God but you know that's what she was like but um yeah just being in this the physical setting of the synagogue and being surrounded by people who were um focusing on spiritual uh activities and thinking at that level was really important to me. Um, my connection with the rabbi at that time was really helpful. And so I, and he taught me this prayer for healing that I said a lot, even though I knew that I I mean, I had no expectations that my mom would be healed, but it was somehow comforting, right? It's comforting to say something that people have been saying for thousands of years, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how could that not be comforting? And and uh, I was always really struck by the people that were saying Kaddish, um, saying the prayer of mourning, because people do that when, you know, at the service. There's a time set aside for that. And, 
And, you know, I would feel jealous of them because I'm like, okay, my mom's dying in bits and pieces, but you have this, you know, very specific ritual that's happening at a certain time. I mean, not that I knew why or how their parents died, but mm, so, yeah, so I decided, I knew that I would say Kaddish for my mother and I did say it and it was huge. It, it really, um, was a lifeline for me through the initial time after she died for sure. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, I'm really, I think it's really neat just how, um, you really explore, um, that familial narrative, I guess. And, uh, with the, with your mother, your aunts, your sister, and this seems like as a way of kind of tying it together, tying the past together. I don't know. The, the connection the, between with the, like the religion kind of plays mm-hmm. a role as far as like it may not be like an active part or wasn't an active part of your mother's life, but it still was a part. You talk about the, the Psalm that she loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, uh, she was a mass of contradictions. Like I guess most people are, but she, she was, she loved, um, Jewish culture. She loved all the songs. She loved prayer. Like she, but she also loved Christmas carols, right? So she loved music, but, um, you know, we came, our family had always been very political and, um, her, her part, people in her family had escaped from Russia because they were being persecuted. And so, um, and when we were growing up, we were mostly, uh, we mostly lived in small towns where there were no other Jews. And part of it was like, you know, my mom saying, no, this is how we are. And we're going to, you know, be proud of who we are. And, and yeah, it's, it's definitely something that kind of a theme in the book because as her just being herself and then mm-hmm. losing herself but yeah and being jewish was part of that it's great i'm gonna do another song break sound good sure all right what and happy uplifting song do you have now <laughs> fat boy slim oh great okay yeah that's... or or cindy lopper Let's do Cindy Lauper. I'm, I'm think that was feeling more right to me. It does. It right feels now. right to me too. Okay, we'll be right back. Ink Stud CITR 101.9 FM. When you went away, I cried for so long, and I wanted you to stay. behind has become has become a part of me and it's burned out a hole where my love used to be but it's not losing me down so low I just can't find another man to take your place well you know that I love you but that wasn't good enough no 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 we're both fell apart when the throwing 
CITR 101.9 FM, we're back. I'm talking to Susan Levitt about her book, Tangles, and uh, that was some CITR promos, supporting local stuff, Scotty, and the Rio Theatre, always playing fabulous movies. I never make it over there, though. Really? I don't know what my problem is. It's a good theatre. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, we should talk about your events. We mentioned a little bit about the... Uh, Word on, Under the Street, which I'll be at, too, I should mention. I'm doing a panel on humor and comics. Humor? Humor. In comics? In comics. Um, speaking of Jewish traditions, uh, <laughs> very important in comics, the tradition of uh, humor. Uh, right down to Milk Gross. But uh, I don't know how much we'll be into that. It's going to be me, uh, Robin Constabaris, uh fabulous local woman. Um, who else have I got? Uh, Brandon Graham. And uh, Rod Philbrandt and I am going to kick myself because I can't remember the fourth guy. He does editorial cartoons for the province. I'm really sorry, dude. I think it's Bruce <laughs> something. Um, I feel really horrible right now. Oh, you <laughs> uh, so that'll be at noon. In it's not gonna, they're not doing the panels in the main room anymore, which I'm very happy That's about. Really good. If if anybody, if any listeners have ever tried to listen to a panel in the main room, it's um, horrible. It's horrible. There's so much background noise because all those cartoonists selling their stuff are like babbling on. And then, <laughs> then that includes yourself. Yes. <laughs> and then there's all those goddamn customers buying comic books. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, that was a specific thing for me. Like, if I was going to do a panel, it wasn't going to be in the main space. It's just, it's, I, I find it's like disrespectful to everyone. <laughs> um, and when you're doing it, you can have disasters happening, is your experience. Last year. Yeah. Was that last year or the year before? Oh, I think it was the year before. 
Yeah, I was on the ill-fated uh, queer comics panel, although it was a great panel. There was just like, you know, somebody stole something from one of the vendors and then ran up on stage and it was all very dramatic. Um, but we got through it. Excellent. <laughs> Who else was it? You had Ken Bosom. Ken Bosom, who's wonderful, of course. And, uh, oh, now you're going to make me remember people's <laughs> names, which I absolutely yeah, can't. From, from, but, come on, it's two years ago. You yeah, should remember it. two years ago. I can't remember <laughs> anything. Ask anybody who knows me well. I, my memory span is about 31 seconds right now. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, the challenge in our house is uh, me getting from downstairs to upstairs and remembering why I got upstairs. It's, you know, <laughs> seriously. Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's a challenge right now. It's not doing so well. But yeah, so I have, uh, I have um, the event with Linda Berry on October 22nd at 10 o'clock in the morning, unfortunately, uh, at the Writers' Fest. So, you know. You know what? Wait. Those things are well attended regardless of the time. Apparently, they're just, they're always oh, cool. packed, so. Okay, well, if you have to work during that time, just call in sick or something. And because when are you going to see Linda Berry? Like, I'll be there. Awesome. I'm going. Yeah, she's awesome. And then right after that, I'm going to um, Edmonton to go to the Edmonton Lit Fest. And I'm going to do a launch in Calgary. And I'm going to do a couple events um, in Lethbridge and Red Deer, actually. Nice. And, yeah. And then in the spring, um, I'll be in Toronto and, and Ottawa and... Hopefully Montreal. We'll just see what festivals I get into and stuff. Yeah. There's the Toronto Comic Art Festival, which yes. I highly... Fingers crossed. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a good fest. I quite like those folks. Chris and Peter put on a good show. It's without new to me. Without the uh, festival, there wouldn't be an Ink Studs book coming out. Great. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, last year I went, and Andy Brown, the publisher conundrum, pitched it to me, and I went, hey, that sounds like a good idea. So... One year and a half later, and we'll have a new book out for the Alternative Press Expo. Not to talk about myself too much. Yeah, really. I thought this yeah. was my show. No, um, I'm really job. excited about your book because um, one of the things that's great, so if I can just say, it's have, uh, I'll just do some promo for you. Uh, it has interviews with all these great cartoonists like Kim Deitch and Mary Fleener and... Um, Gabrielle Bell and Joe Sacco. And, and I think that's really important because... Um, you know, as people who are, like, I, I consider myself pretty new to comics, and there's lots of people that are interested in them, and the more that we can hear from people who are, you know, working and have lots of experience, the better, because how else are you going to learn mm -hmm. how to do this, you know? So I think this is really important, and and I'm very happy that you did it. Thank you. How is your experience working on a comic within the academic setting? Mm, well, UBC... Um, they were like, sure. <laughs> they're, they're pretty... You paid your high tuition fees. <laughs> uh, they are... I can say that. I went yeah. here. <laughs> they are pretty flexible. Uh, so that was good. It was the first... Uh, so I did the first version of this, or one of the early versions, I should say, was my, was my master's thesis for my MFA. Um, that version has since died. It's, it's. I mean, there's some of the chapters in the story are based on earlier versions, but they're they're very different. Um, but yeah, it was it was fine actually. And I was working on my thesis and then also doing work for my classes and stuff. So um, it was okay. I mean, I think it was mostly um, people just. 
I think what was hard was that, um, you know, my thesis supervisor was um, quite honest with me about like having no experience in the area. So it would have been really super cool to do that book at a school that specialized in, yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, whatever. I figured it out partway through my degree. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I was lucky because I was allowed to have an external second reader who was Mary Schendlinger, who draws comics under the name Eve Corbell. And she does a series in Geist magazine called True Funnies. And she's also illustrated a number of books. And um, she has sold... You know, she sells her her chat books at different places. Like, at, she's been at other word under the streets, and um, she was just a really great person to have read my book because she's very, um, she's an amazing editor of prose and also an editor of comics. Which is, I mean, there's another skill, right, that we need to develop in our country is how do you edit a comic book? It's hard. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know? Do you have the temerity to go to the to the artist and say you have to redo everything? No, but you know how do you find that place within, or you know that that way of of working with a writer that's very particular to comics? And I I definitely you know my editor at Freehand was was great. Um, and you know we had to figure it out together as we went along because it was the first time she'd done that. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's my that was a tangent, but that's okay. Yeah. We're allowed to have tangents. Um, and we didn't mention we mentioned at the beginning of the hour. We'll mention again on Tuesday. On Tuesday, September twenty first is my launch. It's going to be a great event, if I do say so myself. It's going to be a um, kind of a party. There's it's a celebration. You know, the book is about a lot of hard material, but um, I really want the launch to be a celebration of the book being done and of all the people that helped me um, with the book. So uh, I am going to do a reading and we're also going to have live music um, with uh, Tina Tews, who's a really great accordion player and um, some other musicians as well who are going by the name a thousand times no. And it's some musicians that play with winter mitts, but you know, I, I'm not a total expert on I'm just going on faith. Yeah. But they are, no, they're, it's going to be great. There's going to be like kind of, they're calling it klezmer in skinny jeans. (laughs) So, you know, klezmer influenced um, music. They're good. I've listened to their stuff. It's, it's really great. And so they're going to be playing before and after the reading. We're going to have wine and cheese. Um, you know, I love cheese and free wine. Come on, and my dad <laughs> is going to be pouring the wine. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, we're going to have a silent auction to benefit the Alzheimer's Society, and so we're going to have framed prints of um, panels from the book, and we're going to be selling those. And it is specifically World Alzheimer's Day. It is World World Arts Alzheimer's Day. So, um, so we I when we were trying to decide a date for the launch, I really wanted to do it on that day, and I'm really happy that we're doing the benefit for the Alzheimer's Society because they really helped my family a lot, and um, they help a lot of families, and people really need help. <laughs> so, uh, it's a very isolating thing. So we're gonna do that, and there's hopefully there's gonna be a lot of people there. I think there are, according to Facebook, <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of people there. Uh, I, I remember once someone was telling me, yeah, we got like thousand people signed up. Like, do you look how many of those people live in Vancouver? <laughs> okay, everybody that's coming to my launch lives in Vancouver. There we go. On. Um, but um, no, and and you can find out more about the event by, you can go to my website, which is sarahlevitt.com. 
and we should spell it. Oh, Sarah with an H, Levitt with an L E A V I T T dot com, and. If you go to sarahlovett.com forward slash tangles, that's where all the information is about my book. And you can find information about the launch and you can RSVP on Facebook or you can just come without any electronic intervention. And oh, I should say where it is. It's at Heritage Hall on Main Street. So I believe that that's like the 3100 block of Main Street. It would be. Yeah, it's Main and 15th. Yeah. Right in the corner there. Yeah. The old post office. Yeah. Beautiful building. It is. It's so a, I'm really happy to be having the lunch there. Tell me about t- Tangles as a word, as the title. Mm. Well, I'll just tell you that the original title for the book was My Mom Got Sick and Died. And, you know, people didn't like that. Publishers didn't like that, that title. So, um, yeah. So I had to come up with a new one. So, um... Tangles kind of came to me after a lot of brainstorming and thinking, and um, it's it refers to a number of things. One is that just the physical, um, the the physiological way that, that Alzheimer's affects the body. There's um, tangles that form in the brain cells, and that's part of what what um, kills them. And uh, then there's also a lot of stuff in the book about curly hair because everybody in my family has curly hair and um, it's a really strong connection in my family. And then I felt like the story itself got tangled and my mom's words got tangled. So there were all these ways that that word um, met, was meaningful to me. And so I just decided I should use it for the title. Well, I love the book. And uh, do, you, do you see yourself doing another comic um i'm so glad you love the book um you know i do have some ideas for future projects and um as soon as the dust settles i'm gonna start working on them because yeah you know at one point i thought maybe i'll just do this book and that's really all there is and now i just i'm really um i want to get better at doing comics and i want to push myself further and the only way i'm going to do that is to set myself up with some horrible huge (laughs) project (laughs) and uh yeah yeah so we'll we'll see i'm thinking the idea that i have right now which I, i won't get into but it's more historical um historical fiction as opposed to memoir what kind of era or you don't uh, even have the to gold say. rush the gold rush the gold rush in british columbia how very vancouver of you or bc of you it's very bc of me. very bc yeah well thank you so much sarah thank you so much for and having me. uh that was fun yeah we're gonna leave off with i guess really upbeat with the fat boy slim yeah yeah cool all right and uh up next we'll have uh japanese music west as well at three thirty. there will be French Connection, and at 5 p.m., Native Solidarity News, and 6 p.m., Are You Aware? And, uh, yeah, see you all next week.
everybody can see. It's a wonderful night. It's a wonderful night. Go ahead and release. It's a wonderful night. You know the music search engine need a tune-up. Soon as they out the gate, they all want to hit a corner, uh-huh. Well, that was cool, but now, but then I heard a rumor, uh-huh. Your crew was riding for the white Chris Dover, uh-huh. Well, let me tell you how we do it in California. We'll have you on the run just like a Puma. If it don't move us, ain't paid your dues and it ain't gon' get our groovers on. We lose you to the consumer solution. Come on. It's a wonderful night. Gotta take it from me. It's a wonderful night. It's a wonderful night, you gotta shake it for me, it's a wonderful night. Girl, I want it, you got it, your body's like a narcotic, the thought is auto-erotic. Can I get it on credit against your brick house, I bet it, take it as far as you let it. Come on and break it on That the spot will get hot, that it's ready to pop. Don't even look at the clock, all of your problems forgotten. It's time to rock till you drop. Build a force and just fly to the epicenter of the party's bass tremors. Come on, it's a wonderful night. Gotta take it from me, it's a wonderful night. It's a wonderful night. Gotta shake it from me, it's a wonderful night. Don't stimulate your mind Everybody's high Eyes just like a child Everything feels right Once you've seen the light You're gonna move all night Feel your soul ignite Everything feels right, right, right Masterful life that's mythical. Feel its chords and its vibes atypical. Do what you want, it's alright. This mystical time you've got, that's a lot of this principle. If you stay in this moment so critical, let the music change your brain stems, chemicals. Make you feel like your spirit's invincible. For centrifugal, reaching up to your pinnacle now. It's a wonderful night, gotta take it from me. It's a wonderful night. It's a wonderful night, you gotta shake it for me. It's a wonderful night. We rock like Colorado, get out of throwing bottles. We give a fuck about your status, who you are tomorrow. Whether you beg or borrow, or hit the super lotto. Whether your girl look like a minga or a supermodel. Feel the connectedness, energy this projected. The way that the whole collective consciousness arrives like helium up. Moving out of the question, won't disrespect them. But our style's fucking pouch like Dave Beckham, come on. It's a wonderful night, gotta take it from me. It's a wonderful night. It's a wonderful night, gotta shake it from me. It's a wonderful night. The truth, I'm at, I'm in rough and hard as the granite get. Never hesitant upon a mic strike quick like an avalanche. Hijack you like a Comanche. I'm a man on a mission. Rhyme vigilante. Keep more than jealous and the envious 
fancy. Love to do the club, go with the party, people dancing, uh-huh. And set the mood for all the plotting and romancing, uh-huh. It's a wonderful night, we got the answer, come on. It's a wonderful night, you gotta take it from me. It's a wonderful night, come on and break it on down. It's a wonderful night, you gotta shake it from me. It's a wonderful night, come on and break it on down.